what to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Hello, inventors, builders, and machine makers. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. While most days I'm super busy being Lucy Wow's sidekick and official eater of wrenches and hats, today I've set aside some time to talk to you about my favorite subject, invention. Oh, why do I love invention so much? Because I was invented. Lucy Wow invented me so that she would always have tools nearby and sweet tunes to listen to. <laughs> I'm not just a sidekick. I'm a walking toolbox boombox invention. And no one knows more about invention than someone who is an invention. Oh, you'll have to excuse me for eating, but today's classic invention was looking so delicious, I just had to eat one. But don't worry, there's plenty of yo-yos to go around. That's right! Today we're talking about the yo-yo. You probably haven't eaten one, but most likely you've used one. But have you ever thought about how a yo-yo was invented in the first place? <laughs> I mean, there are no yo-yo trees. And that means that once upon a time, there were no yo-yos. Like all inventions, the yo-yo began as an idea. Now, who had the idea isn't exactly certain, but whoever it was lived in China thousands of years ago. By 500 BC, their idea had spread and yo-yos were the most popular toy in ancient Greece. And they just kept spreading. Archaeologists have found drawings of yo-yos inside ancient Egyptian temples, and Napoleon and his army were even seen relaxing with yo-yos before the Battle of Waterloo. The yo-yo trend was one for the ages. Of course, these yo-yos were different than the ones you and I eat, I, I mean, play with today. They called them discs back then, and they were just that, discs, tied to a string that you swung around and rolled up and down. But that all changed when the discs were introduced to the Philippines. In the Philippines, they speak a language called Tagalog. And in Tagalog, yo-yo means come and go, which was a perfect name for the toy. But the Filipino people didn't just rename the toy, they innovated it by using a loop instead of a knot around the axle. Oh, an axle is the name of the round connector piece that goes between two discs or wheels. When the string was looped rather than tied in a knot, it allowed the yo-yo to spin or sleep at the end of the string for a long time. With this change, the yo-yo could now hover in place rather than just go up and down and up and down and oh, whoa, I just got dizzy. In any case, the new and improved yo-yo was capable of doing an infinite number of tricks, which brings us to the most important person in yo-yo history, the father of the modern yo-yo, a man named Pedro Flores. Pedro was born in the Philippines and came to the United States in 1915. While working as a bellboy to make a living and pay for schooling, Flores read an article about a millionaire who made his money selling a ball attached to a rubber band. This toy reminded Pedro of the yo-yos of his youth in the Philippines and he saw an opportunity. 
Pedro initially made yo-yos for neighborhood children by hand, but soon started buying machinery to produce them more quickly. Approximately a year after Pedro opened his yo-yo business, his company was selling 300,000 yo-yos annually. Now Pedro knew that the ability to do tricks was one of the main selling points of his yo-yos. So he created some of the first yo-yo trick competitions ever. Heck, he got so good, he even competed himself. Which is why in 1928, a man named Donald Duncan found himself standing on a street in San Francisco watching Pedro entertaining kids with his newest yo-yo model. He couldn't take his eyes off him. Mr. Duncan was so excited by this new toy that he approached Pedro right there and bought Pedro's yo-yo company for $750,000. This may not sound like a ton today, but during this era, it was a fortune. Even though he'd sold the company, Pedro would keep yo-yoing for the rest of his life. He always said, I am more interested in teaching children to use the yo-yos than I am in manufacturing the yo-yos. So while Pedro was teaching, Duncan went to William Randolph Hearst, owner of the nation's largest newspaper chain, and proposed that if Mr. Hearst gave him free ad space, he could increase the popularity of his newspaper through yo-yo contests. His idea was that for a kid to enter the contest, they would need to sell two to three subscriptions to the newspaper. Hearst wasn't so sure about this plan, but he gave it a shot in Chicago, and in six weeks, they sold 50,000 subscriptions. It was so successful that Mr. Hearst gave Donald Duncan free ad space in all his newspapers around the world. Mr. Duncan then created teams of professional yo-yo demonstrators and sent them from city to city and schoolyard to schoolyard to entertain kids and promote local yo-yo contests. And it worked! Boy, did it work! The Duncan Company sold 45 million yo-yos in the USA in 1962. And back then, the USA only had 40 million children. And since then, they've just kept selling. And all because, thousands of years ago, someone had the simple idea to tie a disc to a string. How could they have guessed that their idea would move across history, being innovated and added to by people from all over the globe, until it would finally become a world-famous toy? But that's the thing about ideas. They turn into inventions, and once an invention is out in the world, you never know what it will do. Well, folks, we've come to the end of this episode of Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow, when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, there are lots of great shows you can listen to. There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow! Oh, hey! That's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger! Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner! I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. Ah, and you can too! Keep on the lights, folks! Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein Story Club wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. And don't forget, Friday is Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or Lil' Ol' Me, send it to kapow at gokidgo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go, kid, go!